Welcome back to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Unilever makes thousands of products under more than 400 brand names used by two and a half billion people every day. This global company is behind trusted brands like Dove, Axe, Hellman's, Ben & Jerry's, and many more. Unilever has a strong commitment to hiring veterans and has partnered with Orion to hire military talent into a variety of roles nationwide. In today's episode, I'm joined by Mike Stevens, a Marine Corps veteran and Unilever employee. Mike has been with Unilever for just over two years. He was hired through an Orion Distinguished Candidate Conference as a demand planning manager and has recently transitioned into a new position in finance. In this podcast, we'll discuss what attracted Mike to Unilever, his career progression since joining the company, as well as what he enjoys most about working there. Mike's passion for Unilever is evident in speaking with him. So if you haven't considered a career with Unilever but would like to learn more, visit www.oriontalent.com forward slash Unilever. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. The goal of our podcast is to provide you with valuable resources for your career transition and life outside of the military. If you'd like to join the show, or if you have any ideas for a future topic, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. Yeah, so Orion has partnered with Unilever for years now, but I understand that you are very instrumental in the hiring and retention initiative. So I want to talk first a little bit about the road that led you to Unilever. Can you talk a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So through one of the Orion programs that you guys offer, the the uh, DCC program that I went to in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, uh, Unilever was one of the companies that I got matched up with. Uh, and, you know, I went through the whole interview process that we do those days where you get to talk to, I think I interviewed with seven or eight different companies that day. Uh, and Unilever had the best fit for me personally. Uh, so when I found out that Unilever was interested in me, uh, I was excited because I kind of saw myself uh, in their, you know, the way that they like to operate and like the personality uh, that was coming through from the interviewer. Uh, it kind of matched with my personality. Uh, so I got really excited and then I found out that, you know, they were going to offer me the job and everything. Uh, so it went from there and it's just been kind of, uh, you know, fantastic ride for the last two and some years, two, two years and a couple months uh, since you know, I started awesome. there. So I knew that you were hired through Orion. I wasn't sure that it was out of DCC. So that's great. And now I know you're a veteran, obviously, but what um, can you talk a little bit about your military career? Yeah, absolutely. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2006. I kind of had a different path than most. I had attended college, graduated college, and then decided to enlist instead of become an officer. Uh, so I went in on, on the ground floor, I guess you could say, uh, in the Marine Corps in 2006. Started off in San Diego after like initial training. Uh, San Diego was kind of my, my home base. Uh, I was became like a kind of a public affairs Marine, a journalist, a uh, you know, uh, media, media and communications manager and things of that nature. So uh, kind of not your traditional Marine Corps job that you would think of. Uh, but I guess because I was an open contract and I had college experience, uh, they thought that it was suited for me to be able to do something like that. Uh, did that for about four years. Uh, then I became the marketing and public affairs rep for Eastern Pennsylvania, uh, kind of being the face of the Marine Corps in that region, helping out recruiters. Uh, by scheduling public events and putting their faces out there so that we could, you know, improve our recruiting and and uh, really get, you know, the, the 
banners you see on the highways and things of that nature and public service announcements you hear on the radio and television you know the M the mpa as we call it is is kind of instrumental in helping regional uh promotion of the marine corps through those outlets so i did i did that for about a year before i i decided i was going to become an officer um went went through that entire training for about a year and some change uh i was an artilleryman uh made it out to uh, kaneohe bay hawaii where i kind of finished up my service and did nine full years uh all told uh after i completed uh my officer contract and decided i would move on from the, the military altogether okay yeah very cool so when you said you decided that you wanted to move on from the military and you mentioned that san diego was your home base were there any drivers or any kind of like main things that you wanted to look for when you started searching for a career whether it was location or industry or even just the job type yeah so it was for me personally it was definitely location based uh i'm very rooted in the philadelphia area i grew up there all my family's there um, and I have a little niece and nephew that mean so much to me. So I really, really wanted to try to get back to the East Coast as close as I could to them. Um, but I also wanted to utilize the uh, post 9-11 GI Bill that uh, was offered to veterans now. Uh, and through that, I, I picked a school that was on the East Coast, uh, St. John's University. Uh, they have a graduate campus in Manhattan uh, that afforded me the opportunity to go full-time MBA, being paid for through the VA, through that awesome program that they have. Um, which got me closer to home and then set me up uh, with Orion I, for the regional, or I'm sorry, the Distinguished Candidate Conference down in Philadelphia uh, because it was all close by. Uh, and then it kind of just spurred from there. Uh, I had a great experience with Orion because even prior to the DCC, they had helped me land a couple other interviews there uh, that were in the region of New York City. So they were very, very proactive. We're talking about a couple weeks after first contact with Orion, I was out on an interview. So uh, I have nothing but great things to say for the company and the way they, they were helping out veterans. Well, that's good to hear. Um, so did you earn your master's degree before you ended up getting the job with Unilever then? So I was halfway through my MBA program when I got hired through Unilever. So I went from full-time student in Manhattan to a part-time student so I could finish up my MBA. Uh, while I started being a full-time employee with Unilever. But prior to the MBA, while I was in the Marine Corps, I used the tuition assistance program uh, to get a master's in management. So the MBA was kind of like my second secondary uh, graduate degree. Um, so, but because of flexibility and the way that Unilever operates, I was able to you know, work from home on some days when I had classes at night, when it was a little bit too difficult logistically for me to get to work and back and still make it to class in time. Um, and I was able to finish my degree. And uh, I believe in January, uh, early this year is when I actually conferred and, and I'm all set with the MBA now. Awesome, that's great that they were so accommodating with your schedule, because I'm sure that that's an issue that some people have. They want to utilize their GI Bill and they want to further their education, but you also have to make money. So it's kind of finding the balance. So that's great that you were able to find that. It, it absolutely is. And that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about being at Unilever is the flexible work environment that's offered to you. Uh, I mentioned uh, the one example of schooling as, you know, something that I'm going through or was going through that allowed me to, you know, kind of uh, work from home on some of those days. Or if I, I knew that, you know, I had a big assignment or something like that, I could work from home. It wasn't a problem. But taking all that aside, like even 
you know, sick days are not really a thing, quote unquote, because you could just stay home and, you know, you know, stay relaxed, take your medicine, you know, work periodically, answer some emails, things of that nature, doctor's appointments, you know, your kid has a, as a game or something like that. And Unilever is just very, very understanding that there's requirements outside of, uh, you know, nine to five work. Uh, and really mm -hmm. one of the mantras is just get your job done and, you know, you can work whatever times you need to. Uh, I do an obscure schedule now because I drive from South Jersey up into the office. So I'm usually in the office at six and out of the office by two 30. I get most of my core work done in the middle and then I'll answer emails when I get back home. Uh, so it's a, it's a schedule that works for me. Uh, I know other employees within Unilever have like a similar type schedule that they like to operate on, whether they have kids or whatever their other requirements are. Uh, but Unilever is so accommodating uh, for support with, with you know, work-life balance and making sure that you can handle uh, anything that's really thrown at you and remain flexible. It's a great sign with the company. That's an amazing perk. I mean, I really think that that's very rare these days. And so I would think that that would be attractive to anybody as a job seeker. So in terms of what attracted you to work there initially, did you know about that work-life balance? And was that something that they told you about in the interview process? Or what were some of the top reasons that you thought that would be a good fit for you? So I didn't find out about it technically in the first interview, but my follow-on interview is when I really got into the weeds on that. Uh, and what drew me to Unilever originally during you know, our initial conversations was, I think I mentioned it earlier, the energy from the interviewer, uh, eventually who became my manager. Uh, but then also like the presentation that was gave to us at the, at the DCC about, uh, you know, it's funny because I hadn't heard of Unilever prior to going to the DCC, but you hear of all the products we own, the Hellman's mm -hmm. and the Lipton's and Knorr, and then you can associate with that. Um, because you utilize all those things, Dove and, and Suave and all that. Um, so it, it was something that became familiar with me afterwards. Uh, but then in the follow-on interviews, it was the culture that was kind of stressed to me. And uh, then, then I, once I accepted and I got in the building and I saw the energy that was coming out of everybody, it was really, it was really just, I, wanna, I don't want to say overwhelming, but it kind of was to a point because you're, you're just so kind of, overwrought with joy that you're in that situation it's not like a it wouldn't be like what you would think of like in an early 90s office with walls and partitions everywhere it's pretty, <laughs> yeah i don't want to talk down about that because you know everyone gets their their work done however they need to but you know we're talking huge glass windows and open floor concepts and there's this giant marketplace where people can sit and collaborate and that's one of the huge things about unilever is the collaboration uh, there's workspaces all over the place and, you know, couches and these nice comfortable booths that you can sit in with your team members and strategize and talk over plans and, and really, you know, get together face to face and, and deal with a problem or find a solution to a problem and really operate like that. But then even taking that aside, uh, if I am home and a problem arises, you know, we have all this communication that's all afforded to us through technology that, we're on meetings all the time, even if no one's in the office and we have to get something done uh, and technology allows us to do that. But so that's Unilever itself has really taken, uh, you know, I don't want to say it a millennial approach, but it, it kind of feels like that uh, because this is the way that a common workplace is trending towards. And I believe mm -hmm. that Unilever is out ahead of the game in there. So I don't know if I actually answered your question, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of passionate about, you know, the atmosphere here at the office. 
No, it definitely answers my question, and I love hearing that from you. The interesting thing is that working with you guys, especially recently when we've begun to kind of um, deepen the partnership and do a little bit more marketing and kind of getting the word out there about, you know, what kind of culture you have at Unilever and trying to tell that story to our candidates. I think I've seen a lot um, with videos and different things where you talk about the collaboration. And it's one thing to show that in marketing materials because every company is going to put their best face forward and, of course, highlight those things in recruitment videos. But to hear it from an employee and see that that actually is how it is and it's not just talking the talk, I think that's great. And I think that this tells a really good story to our listeners, too. Yeah, so like in the military, like each branch of service has their own like kind of core values that gets associated with and you're you remember them for the rest of your life. You know, I always remember honor, honor, courage, commitment from the Marine Corps. And then you, you get to a company like Unilever that has like sustainability and like really like positive impact on the earth as like a really core value. And it's not just something that's like on a wall or on a on a brochure. It's something that everything we do when we talk about a meeting, we think about how we can improve, you know, or decrease our input on the, you know, the earth and, and, and improve our, you know, raw materials and our items. And what can we do to really, you know, sustain the globe going forward? And it's it's in everything we do. And it's it's a really it's a really positive thing to be involved in, I have to say. Yeah, it just sounds like a very positive and uplifting environment overall. So that's really great to hear. Now, yeah. how Mike, how long have you been at Unilever so far? So about two years and a few months after that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think it was uh, May of 2015. I'm sorry, 2016. Uh, when okay, I came on awesome. Board. And what was the position that you were initially hired into? So I was hired as a demand planning manager uh, doing like stat forecasting within supply chain for, you know, uh, monthly sales, annual sales, things of that nature, uh, using one of our statistical analysis programs um, that helps us feed into the supply chain network so that our, our production managers know what they have to make, essentially, so that we can meet all of our sales targets. Mm -hmm. So since joining a little over two years ago, have you experienced any type of career progression? Absolutely. Actually, uh, very recently, within the last month uh, or so, I think June 1st is when I started the new job, uh, kind of transitioning into that right now. Uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of in like the CD finance side now, uh, CD being you know sales in a way. So I'm working on an operational capacity, uh, evaluating our contracts, making sure that we are meeting gross margin targets, um, and you know just working with the sales teams to try to educate them as best as I can on some of the needs from the headquarters, uh, but also facilitate uh, any sort of, you know, inquiries or, or stuff that comes about that uh, is important for them to help them do their job. And that was one of the other selling points for Unilever. Um, and I got told this on the very first day that I got here during our onboarding, which I think is a phenomenal process through HR. Um, they said, when you get to Unilever, treat it like college, whereas don't declare your major too soon because what you're doing now might not be what you're doing in a few years. And I kind of kept that in the back of my head as I was becoming a demand planner within supply chain. And I looked around at the other jobs that Unilever had to offer. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I could do that or I could do this. And uh, lo and behold, it worked out to my advantage where something that I kind of had a keen interest in uh, in the finance world after finishing my MBA uh, that allowed me to transfer into a position like 
That's really awesome. I mean, I think it's something that we try to tell our employers is when they're looking at a military candidate, um, don't limit them based on what they did in the military. So even if you, if they have, you know, A, B, and C skills in the military, so you hire them for a role that it seems a good fit for it. If later on they want to do something else, they certainly have the skills and the soft skills and everything available to make that transition. Kind of like what you were saying that you've done at Unilever where you did get hired into a particular role and then you changed career paths. But because they knew that you were the type of person that could succeed, they were willing to let you do that and have that opportunity. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, 100%. And you'd be hard pressed to find a manager in this company that doesn't have your career progression in the back of their mind. You know, we meet frequently, we'll have conversations with our managers uh, monthly saying, you know, how is things going? Is there anything you'd like to see changed? Uh, you know, what's on the horizon? You know, short-term plans, long-term plans, and how can we get to that metric? So it, it kind of goes along with some of like the mentoring and counseling shit that you see in the military. Uh, I know that we did it in the Marine Corps and it's kind of uh, furthered along here within Unilever in the same sort of concepts in professional and personal growth. Well, what's so great about that, too, is that a lot of managers at any company, really, they don't necessarily want to talk to you about the next job because in doing that, they're distracting you from what you should be doing. Then they might have to backfill your role. So it's great that Unilever has more of the big picture in mind, and they know that when they have good people on board, as long as they provide those opportunities, that you're likely going to stay. Yeah, you bring up a good point because you would think a manager would want to keep their team intact as long as possible, like to help them succeed. But really the manager's in the same position, whereas they might have a role that opens up that they're kind of interested in. So it's it's a company that really promotes growth uh, as well. We like to we like to promote internally. Um, you know, we have external hires, I believe, and I don't want to dive into the HR specifics. I don't think I'm not the subject matter expert for that. I can just speak <laughs> on what I've seen. Uh, but th we really like to promote internally and everybody has your best interest in, at heart. So we know that if I were to leave my old team, uh, my old team members, and they're going through it right now, are gonna pick up the slack for me until that my replacement comes in. And it's just kind of the way things work. Uh, and everyone kind of understands that. And there's no ill will towards anyone who wants to better themselves. Uh, it's, it's all encouraged and appreciated. It's, awesome. it's, truly, it's truly refreshing, I have to say, Megan. I think so too. It's like, you know, you think about, it seems like it would be a given for a company, especially now um, people are really struggling with retention, but I think it is because of the failure to kind of see the bigger picture. Like it sounds like Unilever's doing and make it so that you have the opportunity and yeah, it might take you away from the role that you were in, but they can backfill that person and basically, you know, let you move on to do bigger and better things. Yeah. It's kind of some, and, and I don't want to, uh, you know, disregard some of the military concepts or anything, but with some of the stuff I saw at my, my last unit was, you know, lesser skilled individuals were granted awesome opportunities to deploy and go do cool individual billets and exercises. Uh, but they were offered that position because they were less qualified than, than what other uh, service members of that capacity were. So it was more or less like, hey, we're going to send this person away for six months uh, because they don't strengthen our team internally. Uh, so it's they hold on to like their, their most important members so that they can have a strong team and then kind of bill it out as they see fit some of these other uh, lesser qualified or lesser, you know, able individuals. And 
it's kind of the reverse opposite here. Uh, and I don't say that to dissuade the way the military operates or anything. It's just kind of the, I can understand it too. And you kind of alluded to it. You know, you want to keep your, your team strong, uh, but it's not really the way that it seems around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. So in your current position, are you able to hire new employees? So right now, no, I'm not in a position of management uh, per se where I'm a, I have that uh, influence um, mm-hmm. to do that. I did represent Unilever at an Orion DCC in Philly uh, a couple months ago where I did do interviewing along with an HR professional. Uh, and it wasn't so much as a as a hiring piece. It was more of like a uh, translate piece sort of things mm-hmm. to educate the HR professional and talent acquisition manager before they, you know, gave the individual's names to other uh, hiring managers that are in a position to do so. Uh, so I guess in a way I was kind of uh, doing interviewing, uh, but I don't specifically get to hire anybody just yet. I'm sure that was a nice full circle moment though, especially with it being in Philadelphia. It's like, I bet it brought you back to your time interviewing with Unilever. It, it, it's funny because it really did. And I, I volunteered for it for that reason, because I really, really wanted to kind of, you know, pay it forward, pay it back sort of thing. Uh, because I, I remember what it was like to be in that position uh, the two years prior where, you know, you're sitting on the other side of the table, you're getting interviewed by eight, nine people that day, and you're just so unsure of your future. Uh, and uh, my HR rep and I, uh, who went down and interviewed, we kept it very casual uh, and that was kind of at my suggestion because uh, we, we we don't want to stress out anybody on the other side. It's really just have a conversation, talk about what's awesome about the, the company, talk about your experiences in the military and how they might translate. And we, we got really positive results and interviews out of that. So it was awesome to be able to be the presenter for Unilever this time as opposed to sitting in the stands wondering what Unilever was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, what you mentioned, that kind of brings me to my next question about hiring managers that struggle to recruit and hire veterans, whether it's a lack of understanding of what they're going to bring to the table, whether they can't read their resume. So with you helping out and being there for the interview process, I'm sure that that helped a lot. But is there any like main disconnect that you see with someone that doesn't have a military background and why they would struggle to hire a veteran? Yeah, I think one of the common like misconceptions about military members is uh, I don't want to say inability to be flexible because, you know, we're, we're always taught to adapt. Uh, but everyone sees, you know, military members as very strict individuals, like, you know, mm-hmm. on a regimen. And, and it's you know, one of those common uh, common myths you hear. But if and, and I tried to do this after we, we got done with the DCC, where I told hiring managers, hey, look, like one of the unique things about military members is our ability to be adaptable and flexible uh, because you never know what the changing priority is going to be when you're out in the field or you're in the middle of an exercise or a deployment. Uh, you have to be able to handle multiple things happening simultaneously. And uh, that is something that I was able to stress forward to some of the hiring managers after we left the DCC. And it's something I will continue to kind of st- to fight for as we expand upon this program. And I believe we're working internally on an educational piece uh, between the veterans uh, business resource group that we have here, Unilever, by educating hiring managers and people in the position uh, to let them know that, hey, like military was just like a choice that this individual made. It doesn't define them for the rest of their life. Uh, you know, we have skill sets that um, 
may not be immediately uh, like identifiable, uh, but they're internally like inside of our heads. So, um, you know, we're, we're able to handle a lot of pressure and a lot of different situations. And that's kind of, um, you know, one of the things that I pushed forward towards these other hiring managers. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think the, um, you know, inability to adapt and maybe thinking that veterans are a little bit rigid and routine oriented, maybe to a fault. I think that maybe the, the, the misconception about that maybe just comes from, um, you know, what you're seeing in movies and even maybe even thinking boot camps. Like people see, oh, you've got to wake up at this time. You got to make your bed. You got to do all this. And I think that that's like, I think maybe that's the image that people have stuck in their head when they think about a military candidate. Yeah, and it's it, you know what, some of it's going to be true because I'll still wake up early. I'll still make my bed. I eat my meals at certain times or anything. I'm there's some <laughs> things that I don't want to change because I enjoy doing them like the way I was doing them. Uh, but we also bring like a an influence on team members that is probably not pretty like it's probably not something that's immediately apparent and it's something to learned over time. Whereas if I see like a stressful situation that's, you know, coming about in one of my team members or a situation where, you know, people are kind of getting out of their, their regular personalities because it's something that they believe in and, or, you know, maybe we're running out of a certain, and in supply chain, it's something that happens where we don't have stock of something because, you know, we couldn't get a raw material or production got pushed or whatever the case may be. And I have the ability to like go up to a team member and be like, hey, look, like you don't have to stress out about this. We'll get this made. No one's blaming you and no one, and this is a little bit maybe extreme, but no one's going to die because they don't get a salad dressing. And that's kind of like, you know, maybe a military mindset, but it's like, okay, we're not like, we're not in immediate danger here. It's just a stock situation or it's a logistics situation or whatever the case may be. Uh, I try to put that spin on most things like, hey, look, like, you're still going to go home tonight. You're still going to sleep in your bed. Like you're still going to survive. You're going to drive home at the end of the day and come back tomorrow and everything's going to be just fine. Uh, so it's kind of a, uh, a vision that I can bring to my team. And I believe other service members can do that where it's like, Hey, like don't stress out. Things are going to happen mm -hmm. and we'll just figure out a way to fix them. Uh, so it's that's another perspective. Like when you're in the military, yes. um, there's a lot more, you know, life or death, safety things that are riding on it more so mm -hmm. than um, maybe the trivial day-to-day -day business type things. Absolutely. Like in convoy ops and country, there's probably stuff that I'm going to have to be concerned about. But planning uh, demand stuff for a, a savory item that we maybe didn't have last month, it's not as pressing. <laughs> and yeah, it equates to business dollars and I get it. It's, it is important. But to your point, perspective is a huge thing, and and at the end of the day, no one will will perish because of, of we don't have soup. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, oh, I love that exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's really good advice. And you know, you mentioned that you're working with the internal business resource group to work with the hiring managers and you know kind of show them how to recruit veterans and things to keep in mind when they're interviewing is there like a top piece of advice that you give to hiring managers if they're considering hiring a veteran uh so uh, i i've kind of told you what my like real presentation is to them uh, i believe some of our senior members in the in the resource group are more engaged uh in the actual hands-on conversation but really like even for an internal interview, say I were to get, you know, 
uh, up for like a managerial position, but somebody doesn't think that I'm equipped, I've never led anybody here at Unilever. Well, that's what the, the Veterans Resource Group does here. Like if we tell them they have contacts at all levels of our business and they can go to uh, the hiring manager that maybe I'm interviewing with and they say, hey, look, Mike might not have led a team here at Unilever, but he was an executive officer for an artillery battery in charge of 130 people moving them from country to country for you know six months, six to 12 months. Like he knows how to lead people. Uh, he just might have not done that at Unilever. So it's it, we really utilize the resource group for things like that. And that was another piece that I didn't realize immediately when I joined Unilever. So we had this resource group. Um, it was monumental when I first got here because they paired me up with some some people. I had lunch the first week or so with different military members. And it was nice because, you know, you're so scared, like in your first week, you're just out of your comfort zone. You don't know what's going on. You don't like you want to make sure you're behaving accurately. But then like when a, you sit down with like a fellow Marine and he starts talking like you're used to in the service and you can kind of let down your guard a little bit. It was it was great for my psyche uh, as I learned more, you know, into my job and got more comfortable uh, in networking internally there. Uh, so. To kind of tie it back to what the original statement was, the, the the business resource group is a phenomenal asset that we have here, and we have support from the highest levels uh, within you know North America uh, on our leadership team to to really you know try to continue to gain momentum in bettering hiring here at Unilever, uh, as well as partnerships with other areas of the business, um, whether that be the, you know the disabilities and and, and inclusion business resource group and, and things of that nature. So we're doing a lot of great things with the company. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's very engaging. It's something additional on top of what your regular job duties are. And it's something that a lot of companies don't have, like the kind of mentorship and wingman type of scenarios that you've talked about is something that I think ideally all companies that recruit veterans would want to have, but they maybe don't have the developed resources to do so. So I think with that business group, it sounds like Unilever really has it down and is committed to making sure that that's something that veteran hires have um, to help them succeed. Yeah, completely. Like if I'm embarrassed to ask a question, of you know another team member because maybe I don't want to look bad. I could just ask one of my fellow service members and ask them to give it to me straight, and you know they'll they'll give me the most honest feedback answer they could possibly give me, and it's refreshing uh, because it, it's more of a comfortable thing. And they, most of these these guys have stayed here and progressed, and they they've seen some of this because we're mostly ingrained in the planning community in logistics and supply chain because it's a unique skill set that military members have. Uh, but we're starting to try to open it up to other areas of the business. Uh, to kind of promote growth uh, within them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So we talked a little bit about all the great things that you guys have going on there, and it sounds like you've really enjoyed your time with Unilever over the past couple of years, but is there anything that stands out to you as being the most rewarding part of your career so far? Uh, just, I guess, rewarding part of my career is is kind of getting to do what I always <laughs> And this, I don't know how to phrase this correctly, so we'll just try this, is is in doing what I envisioned myself doing five, six years ago, uh, there'd be moments where, you know, we're out on a field op and it's, you know, day seven or eight and it's raining and I'm wearing the same thing I was wearing seven days ago. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, I am uh, absolutely just miserable. I, I would love to have a, you know, an office job right now and then remove myself from that. 
and and fast forward the five six years and to see myself in a position where I do have an office job and I am influencing uh, major decisions from a business aspect, but also like you know maintaining flexibility within my work life balance. It's it's been it's been it's been a joy um, and I've loved every part of it. Uh, I wouldn't change anything about the Marine Corps. I secretly still love the seven eight day field ops and being dirty on those sides, but uh, it's nice that. Uh, I know that I'm going home to sleep in my bed at the end of the night. Yeah, and I mean, um, just in terms of how you were prepared to come to Unilever from the Marine Corps, do you think that, um, is there anything that stands out to you from your time in service that helped to prepare you for that? Or do you think it's different, but maybe just the discipline and soft skills that you learned are the most transferable? Yeah, it's all encompassing. Uh, I think that, one of the things that maybe the military kind of does for you is maybe you don't know the answer to something and it's okay to not know something, but I see myself as a service member, not accepting that and doing everything I can to find an answer. So if a problem is presented to me and I don't know what the solution is, I know that I can be honest with that person, with somebody when they ask that question, but I will figure out a way to get it done. Uh, and there's a tenacity that, that, you know, Marines have that service members have that maybe is not a common virtue among other fo uh, other walks of life, and it's something that uh, really is beneficial uh, for service members as they transition into the business world. Uh, you, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to know everything, but you're you know that there is a solution out there, and you're going to do everything in your power to find that solution. Yeah. Is there anything that surprised you, or that you wish that you would have known when you were transitioning out of the military? uh that there are jobs that offer this kind of flexibility <laughs> i mean <laughs> no not a whole not a whole lot surprised me i kind of kept a a very i guess low expectations uh when i got out i had no idea what i was going to do i knew that i was going to go get my mba and then i was just kind of kind of wing it afterwards and you know maybe i'm lucky maybe i'm like you know 10 percent that was able to go to school and then find the job and and have the circumstances fall perfectly for me it's probably not going to be the same story for everyone. You know, I, I don't have a wife and kids and a, and a family and things like that. So I'm able to be flexible and just kind of do things on my own. Uh, whereas somebody with a wife and child might have a little bit of a different, you know, experience transitioning from the military. They need more security. Whereas I was able to just be on a whim for a couple of years after I separated. Um, so for me, it was, it was just kind of the, the way that everything kind of fell into place. I, I, I couldn't be more fortunate. Uh, to have what happened to me. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of has the, like we talked about earlier, the drivers in their career search. So if you are willing and able to be flexible, um, that's kind of going to, I guess, push you in certain directions. If you really are locked to a location that is specific to maybe where your family was or where you grew up or just where your wife wants to be or something like that, maybe you don't have as many opportunities. But like you said, you are willing to be flexible and you have the ability to do so. So it sounds like everything worked out perfectly. Yeah, there's always there's always opportunities out there. It's really just trying to figure out what you want and find your 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 niche kind of sort of thing. You know, mm -hmm. I I think I interviewed with investment banking and insurance sales and did a whole bunch of things before I found Orion and they helped me uh, find a job through their outlets. And uh, you're uniquely suited for it for anything you really do and it goes back to what i was saying about tenacity and and willingness to get the job done however you need to if 
if I had ended up being an insurance salesman, uh, which I'm glad I didn't, I didn't do, I, <laughs> I, I would have figured out a way to be successful at that because it's, it's just, you know, service members and, and, you know, I'm proud Marine Marine specifically, you know, we don't fail. Uh, and if we do, we, we do it gracefully, we get back up and we find another way. We don't get in one door. We're going to find a way to go through a wall, you know? So that's the best mm -hmm. kind of way I can describe it. I really love the positive attitude and energy that you've brought to the conversation because I think it just speaks volumes about Unilever and why it's a great place for veterans to work. So I'm really excited about that. I think this will be a good resource for any of our candidates that are potentially looking to start a civilian career, especially with Unilever. So Mike, is there anything else, any other final thoughts or advice that you want to leave with the transitioning service members listening to the podcast? No, you know, I guess if, if there's one piece, like don't get discouraged. Uh, you might find six ways to fail, but you're gonna you're gonna be successful in the end because there's there's just there's no quit in your mindset and your personality, and you have such a unique skill set uh, coming from your military background, and there's there's endless possibilities for you out there. Um, so you, you'll be just fine. If I could speak directly to them, I would just say you'll be fine, and we'll figure it out. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to catching up with you at a later date and seeing where your career with Unilever takes you. But um, for now, thanks a lot for participating in the podcast. And I hope that this is helpful to anyone listening. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Megan. I've really appreciated uh, having a conversation with you. And uh, I hope I could help anybody in the future because Orion's been great for me. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.